There is no growth in comfort and no comfort in growth. Business today typically values and promotes leaders for their subject expertise. Leaders who have command of the details and execute based on knowledge and experience are highly respected. However, to grow as a leader, you have to get out of your comfort zone. That means learning to lead without just being the expert. Learn to gain the trust and respect of a team that might know more than you do. Get comfortable with ambiguity and with not having all the information. Develop the skills and confidence to lead in a different way. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. I'm Wanda Wallace. So now, rarely do we get an opportunity to hear how one person is really embracing some difficult feedback and trying to understand what it means and engaging in the process of sort of really changing the behavior, talking about it, thinking about it. So today we're going to do a very unusual thing. My guest has agreed to do a live coaching session where we're going to focus on what he has come to believe is holding him back and what he might be able to do to alter some of the patterns of behavior and improve his standing within his current company sort of over the long run. Now, I want to say at the outset that this is an incredibly brave move from my my guest to be this candid and this honest in a public way. Um, but he believes that this discussion is actually going to help him make some changes that he needs to, to make. So my guest today is Hector Granadas. Hector, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. And Hector, for any of my coaching professionals out there, just let me say for the outset, you are comfortable doing this in a public um, conversation. Yes? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, cool. All right, so let's start from the top. Tell me a tiny little bit about yourself. You know, what do you do for work? Kind of what kind of work do you do? I am a uh, quality control engineer. I work for a company that makes uh, air conditioner compressors for uh, automotive industry. Okay. Um, I've been doing it for about five and a half years. Great, great. All right, and then what do we do for fun? What's your hobbies? What are your interests? Uh, anything outdoors, whether it's fishing, camping, or volleyball or baseball and uh, barbecue, grilling, family time. Okay, cool. And do you have kids? Yes, I've got five girls. Five girls. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, I always get that. I always get that. Five girls, yeah. <laughs> we say that about five. I don't care if it's girls or boys, but, you know, all yeah, women yeah. And gender <laughs> is interesting. Do they, like, go fishing and camping with you or not? Uh. Four of them do. They, as they've gotten as they've gotten older, they kind of uh, swayed away from there. But they still like to go fishing. That's good. That's really cool. My dad um, was a fisherman and a hunter. I grew up in North Carolina in a rural part of the state, and so this is just a thing he did. And he always took me along. And my deal was to learn to paddle the boat. So I can, to this day, paddle a boat in still water without making a ripple or making a sound. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And let me tell you, I had really hard lessons on that one from him, but it was great fun <laughs> as well. Okay, so let's get down to some details here. Um, I am extremely flattered that you want to do this because you've said that you've listened to a number of shows and that you yes. found such great advice from guests. So what is it that has struck you as most significant to you about the shows that you've been listening to? Uh, more of just being able to do the more of the active listening and okay. uh, so my biggest problem is I'm, I've got to be right. And even when I know that I should stop, I still have to, you know, I still rationalize to myself, I know I'm right. And that's kind of the biggest thing that I'm having problems with. 
Okay. So can you give us an example about what, how that happens? And, you know, disguise your colleagues' names so we're not talking about right. them. Right. Yeah, the, uh, well, we had one particular problem with one of the parts that we were, that we use in our assembly process from a supplier. And uh, so I'm going through the troubleshooting of what is the, the potential problem, going through the, the drawing, engineering drawing, picking out characteristics and measuring them, um, and, and make reporting on there. And I get uh, my boss's boss, who come up with a suggestion of measuring a a similar part from a from a different supplier uh, to see what the differences are. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I, I you know I, I already know what the problem is, so I kind of cut people off. So my my thing is more of why would I want to check somebody else's part? It has nothing to do with our process. We're not going to learn anything. We're just going to be wasting time. And and I'm still trying to do it from a, you know, uh, professional. uh, I'm not, you know, raising my, but but I know as as I'm going through there, basically all I'm doing is repeating myself over and over again. And um, he didn't say anything. We know the conversation lasted about 20 minutes. And then after, after about 10 minutes of that, my boss calls me in and saying, well, you know, my boss didn't appreciate how you were, you know, not giving them the opportunity to, you know, try something different. Okay. All right. So in this conversation or in other ones like this, I get the sense that you have your own mind made up about what you want to do and how you want to do it and what's going to give the right answer at the end of the day and just not a lot of tolerance for a different idea or a different perspective. Is that a fair summary? It's exactly a fair summary. Okay. So you, you said at the beginning of this that you feel you've got to be right. Um, kind of what goes through your mind when someone's challenging you? Yeah, that's what, exactly what the, the problem is. That, uh, instead of instead of taking it as uh, you know somebody else coming up with an idea or suggestion, it becomes a thing of a of a challenge. And I think most of it is because I um, I'll put a lot of thought into what I'm going to do. And and I know it's not the only idea, but you know the way I look at it is I've, I've already gone like five steps into the process and said, well, this is going to work, this isn't going to work, this is why this isn't going to work, and then I have a lot of and then to me it's it's more of the the results. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are the results going to be? And if if it's not going to if it's not going to give me the result, you know what, what I'm leading to, then I just cut it off. And mm-hmm. then I, I guess that's what what happens when I deal with people where. I'm looking at this, and I'm going, okay, here's the path, and you're wanting me to go off the path, and I'm going to waste two days of, or in my opinion, I'm going to waste two days of my time trying to uh, disprove that you're not, you know, your, your idea is not going to work, and the whole time we could have fixed this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So, so my biggest thing is, is I've already had the solution in my mind. Um, I, I think what happens is I, I shut people out because then I'm going, well, I already know what the answer is. I don't need to listen to you. Okay. All right, so I, I get the sense that there are two things that happen on this one. One is that you've already really thought about the problem. It sounds like fairly deeply and come to a conclusion and probably yeah. not really talked anybody through your thinking about that conclusion. Here it is. I'm going to go out and execute it. So I've already right. got my plan. Quit wasting my time. Let me do my plan is part one. Exactly. Yes. But part two, is there a sense when somebody says, but what about this, that you think they're questioning your competence or capability or anything along those lines? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So stay with that one for a minute. Um, how, how so do you think that they're challenging, questioning your capability? Well, mine is more of the, 
uh, and, and, and you know that's what happens when you brainstorm. You brainstorm, you put things out there, and then you you go through the process of elimination, and and you weed out what what isn't going to work, and you look at the the thing with the highest probability. Uh, but before that's happened, I've already in my mind or or two days before, you know, I've, I feel like I've already gone through this entire process and and mapped it completely out from from beginning to end. And so when somebody new comes in, or you know, somebody comes in with a new um, you know, something, something you know, they, they come up with a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then I reiterate, you know, oh, this is, this is what it is. This is why I, I know we're going to do this. And yeah, it just becomes a thing of where, uh, I guess, I guess I take it personal mm-hmm. and it becomes more like, yeah, you're challenging that I do, I do or do not know my own job. And at that point, that's where I get the whole thing of I shut I my active listening is gone, and I'm just <laughs> repeating myself over and over again. I got it. I got it. I can imagine that sort of escalates, too. Yeah. That um, someone comes in to challenge you, and you say, no, it isn't going to work. And then they say, well, wait, let's talk about this a little bit more. And you say, I told you it wasn't going to work. And then by about the third iteration of that one, you know, it could be virtually, uh, could get a little heated, shall we say. Yes. <laughs> Which is never a good way to win friends and influence people. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so we'll say, why don't I, why do more people like me? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I hope people <laughs> like you. I imagine they do like you. <laughs> so one of the interesting things I hear this with lots of people a lot of the times is that the challenge, or which is often just a suggestion, is never really intended as a challenge, but it's felt as a challenge. And it's felt as personal, even though I'm certain in the case you gave me, your boss's boss did not mean it personally, at least not at the start. Um, And people always say, don't take it so personally. But that's easier said than done. It's not easy to say it's distant, it's out there. So let me go back to the beginning a bit. You know, when you're thinking about how to solve this particular part problem or troubleshoot a problem, do you spend time to gathering ideas from people before you begin, or do you just dive in yourself? Usually, I dive in myself. The uh, because there are certain things. There's you know you've got like a subject matter expert as far as uh, the drawing or the technical side of it, which I have, and I guess that's part of what the the, the thing where it becomes challenging. I get somebody who has no idea of the process, uh, come up with a suggestion, and then you know it goes from there. But yeah, so a lot of times what I do is I mean I'll. I'm really, really detail-oriented, very analytical. So I'll take a, I'll take something, and I will, you know, do a process map, and I'll flow it all out, and I come up with all the stuff on there. But yes, it's more of a me doing it myself, not involving other people. Okay, okay. And are there other people around you who have the same technical knowledge, or are you the technical expert within the company? Uh, there, there, there's one other guy. And do you ever talk but, to but, him? For the, yes, and, and that's the the thing is kind of we both. Uh, we'll both bounce ideas off each other, and okay. we and and uh, that's where I kind of get the the thing of where I, you know I'm taking a, a look back at myself as as far as how I interact with people because this individual's been I mean we'll go in a conversation and we'll pretty much finish each other's sentences as far as you know this is how yep this is how it should be done this and this and this and then I look at him and I go well he's been in this company over twenty something years and he's still basically in the same position he was in. And I think yep. of myself going, if I keep doing this, then that's probably what's going to happen with me. Right. Right. Okay. And you do have aspirations to take on larger roles. Is that true? Yes, ma'am. 
Okay, fabulous. All right, so let me just see if I can summarize then where we are on this one. You're a technical expert. Uh, you have a problem in a technical area. You dig in, maybe bouncing ideas off of the other technical expert, understanding, coming to a conclusion about what you think is wrong with the process or with a technical component itself. Come up with a game plan of what you think is going to need to happen and start executing on that game plan. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way into the end. It's a methodical, systematic, laid out, well thought out process. Someone without that technical knowledge comes in and says, what about doing it this way? And your patience goes right out the door quickly, especially if they persist and pursue. Okay, so... Hector, I want you to imagine for a minute, let's go back to the scenario your boss's boss comes in who says, what about if we compare this part in a different process than you've described? What if you just could wait three minutes, five minutes, hear him out, ask a question before you say anything? How do you think that would work? Yeah, that was the, uh, another thing when I've, you know, listening to the podcast, where they came up with the thing of, um, I actually got a little piece of paper that says, you know, the, the thing that says, wait, that says, mm-hmm. why am I talking? <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm becoming more more aware of that, of saying, you know, just just wait, don't say anything, at least let the, whoever, you know, got the idea, let them get the idea out, and then actually listen to the idea, not perceive that my way is you know, the only way. So I've at least started doing that. So, yeah, that's that's, when I thought about that conversation before, too, it's like going, yeah, I probably could have just kind of kept my mouth shut, kept my ears open, let him fully explain what he wanted to do, and uh, it probably would have gotten at least a little bit better than what it did. Okay. And have you tried that in other occasions? Has it worked, this waiting five minutes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's almost too simple to say, that, you know, oh, yeah, just, just wait, you know, wait a few minutes, let's listen to somebody, and, you know, that, and at least... Uh, uh, you know, you know, get from their side that you know they're they're instead of me instead of me thinking they're just trying to waste my time. You know, it's more of okay, they're they're trying to get the problem fixed. They're coming they're coming to me with a possible solution, uh, and it, it works a whole lot better. I mean, okay. I still have I still have the challenging thing of of wanting to uh, run with my idea, but at least I'm getting to the point now where I'm I'm making a conscious decision of of to listen and, and wait for it. Okay. All right, so you said this a couple of times, Hector, and I want to go to something you just said right there that seems very, very poignant to this conversation. You said, when you take the time to listen, it feels like a waste of your time. Yes. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's, because I've already got, you know, you know once, you, once you decide that you're right and somebody's coming to you with something else, you're like, going, well, you're just, you're just wasting my time because we're, we're doing this, and that's the, the biggest thing I struggle with is they're still doing that, and even if I wait, if, you know, the, the next part is taking their ideas and and, and bringing you know bring it to the table, and so yeah, that's that's one thing I still struggle with. Okay, so let's stay with this one for a minute. I want to play out a different scenario. Um, it's entirely possible that no one other than your friend who's got the technical expertise has an idea that's actually going to be useful may not be always the case, but it's entirely right. probable. So let's, I'll give you the credit that you were right already. 
then what's the what do you think your boss's boss in this particular scenario gains is looking to do is trying to achieve by talking to you what are you trying to achieve yeah uh I don't know. I mean, the yeah, because the, the, the at least from from that point there, was, it was I never thought of that. That was the, that was the thing. My thing was it was just more of a an idea that wasn't going to work. And uh, yeah, yeah, no you're focused no on the you were focused on the right or wrong of his ideas. Yes. Okay. And I want you to focus on something different. I want you to focus on his. Purpose. What was his in? We can't always know intention. We can only speculate about his intention. But what do you think he was trying to achieve? What was his mission? Oh, he was trying. He, he was trying to achieve the, the same thing I was trying to achieve. And you know, was get the problem solved and get it done. You know, quickly and and make a permanent change. Um, and his intent was, I mean, no different than mine. You know, it was uh, it wasn't malicious. It was we're gonna we, we've got a, we got a problem. We got to fix it. Let's get this thing going. And. Uh, you know, so that's another thing where I'm having to work with is is to yeah. understand that when people come to me with you know with a question or something like that, their their intent is not to challenge me. It's it's the, the intent is that they're trying to do the same thing I'm trying to do, and I should right. at least uh, right. afford them that you know courtesy to sit there and say, okay, well, that's, that's what I'm talking about. The waiting is to right. sit there and listen and say, okay, and then and then have some under you know even if I think the idea is not going to work based on you know a fact or something. I still need to need to at least afford them that yeah. because then I don't want what I've become is you know the thing where I don't want to be where people don't want to talk to me or ask me questions because right. they'll dread right. you know oh my god I don't want to talk to this guy yeah <laughs> yeah you don't want that kind of a reputation not if you're looking to do right. larger roles in the organization and I think you're right in your solution that learning to wait is going to be most useful and it's not just waiting to I want to be clear it's waiting and active listening so there's the you heard me out. And you made a comment, a constructive comment about something I said, whether it's a synthesis or an add-on question or something that leaves me feeling heard is the kind of response you'd really like to be able to give. What I'm focusing on is getting your mindset shifted from just changing your behavior to understanding what's driving that behavior. Because I find when the mindset shifts, the actions become much simpler, so let's go right. back to your boss's boss. Um, I can imagine that he's feeling a lot of pressure to get this solution fixed and fixed quickly because he's probably looking at customers and satisfaction and anxiousness from who your cus- customer for the company. Um, he probably wants to be as helpful as he can be. He's probably been stressed about it, worrying about it, what's the solution going to be, how are we going to do it, whatever, and anxious about timing. Does that sound reasonable? Yes. So in some ways, you know, of course he has the intent to solve it, but he also just wants to be helpful. Yes, yes. You know, a lot of times that's, you know, um, the at least if you're, if you're trying to do something, you're, you're part, of, part of the solution. Yeah. Yeah, and be contr- just to contribute, if nothing else. Yes, yes. Um. I can't tell you how many times I see this particular problem where someone has an idea or an understanding. They are not the 
technical expert in that area, and they just want to try to be useful. And so they'll weigh in with an opinion, and sometimes that's welcome, sometimes it's not welcome, and it creates all sorts of dynamics. Okay, so if the boss's boss is standing there talking to you, and it's taking your time, okay, so granted, you would like to come back to the task, um, but I'm going to argue that if you don't take this time, you're going to be taking it later when your boss calls you yes. into his office and says, here's the problem in Hector, by the way, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to waste the time anyway. one way or the other. <clears throat> so see his effort to be to give a breakthrough, to do a different thing. Okay? That's part yes. one. And the second one is to appreciate what it is he brings to this problem. Okay? So let me turn it to you. What perspective can he possibly bring to this particular problem you're working on? Uh, the perspective? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think now. Now is my... Well, I mean, from the only thing he's, that I see he can, he can bring is, I mean, the... Um, you know, he's trying to bring a new idea in, mm-hmm. and he's trying to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I know that he's part of that. Like you're saying exactly what you're saying is, you know, he's he's overwhelmed with everybody, you know, coming mm-hmm. out on him as far as when it's going to be done. Um, the uh, and that's, I guess that's hard for me because I'm not really used to looking at that from that aspect. Okay. Okay. Which, which is a bad thing. When I, when I think about it like that, I'm going, wow, that's pretty bad. But yes, I'm not used to, right. to looking at that and saying, well, what is, okay. he, what is he trying to bring in? Yeah. And we don't know. Granted, we're speculating about this. We have no right. idea what he's really thinking or what he can bring because he's not here represented. And we're using this as an example. But let me just give you a, a one hypothesis. One thing he does okay. bring is an understanding of what your buyer is going to see as an acceptable solution. He's probably in touch with the buyer, the consumer, on a more regular basis than you are, or more access to that than you have. And he may have this perspective that our buyer will feel more comfortable with the solution we've proposed if we've compared it with an alternative part. Yes. It doesn't doesn't make it right. It's just a different perspective than the one you sit with, which is, how do I test this process as quickly as possible? Right. And, and exactly by what you said there, the because uh, um, from what they were trying to do with the um, the, the customer or, or the the supplier, that was kind of the thing that they were talking about. Also, that, that came to be, you know, how can we, um, you know, by 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 doing this and comparing it to a to a similar product, you know, then get that warm fuzzy feeling. And um, like I say, my my issue with this more of the. Uh, let's get it done now. Let's get it fixed, yeah. and ultimately, I'm I'm right about what it is we need to get done. Okay. Which sounds All terrible, right. but that's it. <laughs> the so you see where you're going on this one is the more that I can break open, or that you can break open for yourself, someone standing in front of you that feels like a waste of time, actually has a piece of information that might be useful. And the piece of information may be what the senior management team is considering doing in a supply chain 
um, how they're thinking about changing that, how they're thinking about going back to a supplier and say, we want a price break because of X, Y, and Z, or we're no longer going to continue our contract with you. I mean, all those negotiations are probably happening behind the scenes. And people bring that perspective, even though, granted, they're not always very crystal clear about what they're doing. Right. And, and for that part of it, I'm only, like I say, I'm only looking at the, uh, the insolution of the, the, the problem at hand, not so much as far as worrying about how it's going to impact or how they're going to uh, get somebody else to buy off on it. Okay. All right. So... If I can get you now to shift next time somebody's okay. standing in front of you and it feels like it's a waste of time or a challenge to your competence, and you can just say to yourself, I wonder what point of view they bring that's different than mine. Okay. If that's all you think in your mind, what different point of view do they bring from what I already know? That gets you to be slightly curious. And it's yes. the curiosity that's going to get you to listen for a couple of minutes longer and to ask a question. Okay. But it starts with a curiosity. Where is that person coming from? Yeah, I see that that's where the, we have to shift from, from it being a, uh, a nuisance or, or a challenge or something and actually listen to them. Um, and then, you know, go from there. Okay, exactly. And, 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 yep. and you know, and then, and then the, more of the questions of not so much why it won't work, but explaining either more of the process or uh, try to try to pull more of the positive things out and just and just to being like yeah. perceived as negative. Right. So you know, and, and then it challenges question. me to sit there and say, how can this? How can this? You know, how can this be possible? Yep. Or what is the point here? So it's not what is the point? Why are you telling me this? You're wasting my time. But rather, what is it you are worried about? Or why do you think this will add value? Or where did that idea come from? All of those are curiosity questions, provided they're not said with an edge, as in, where did that idea come from? General right. curiosity. Where, where did that idea come from? Actually can give you information that might be really, really useful. Yes. Now, sometimes you still have the right answer, okay? We hope so, because you're the technical expert. Right. right. But every now and then, there may be an extra component that you say, wow, I hadn't thought about it that way. So you say, wow, we do need this information to go back to our supplier um, and you know, renegotiate here. And if I think about that as I'm running my process, I'll have the data that they can use to renegotiate with the supplier. So it's possible that there's a piece of data in there that is actually useful to you. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right, Hector, we're going to take a break at this point. Um, and we'll come back. With me today is Hector Granados. We are doing a live coaching session around, um, as you've been hearing, Hector's need to feel to not have his time wasted when he's already, from a technical point of view, figured out what to do and someone is interrupting his work. And we'll come back to explore that in yet one more level.
whether the market's up or down. Or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. How is your business running? It should be running smoothly with nary a hiccup, like a finely tuned machine. But if you're like most businesses, yours may be running nowhere close to that. Listen for Operationally Speaking with your host, Serju Samel. Our program will help you to run your entrepreneurial business easier, better, with less frustration. And by running it well, you're sure to be poised for faster growth. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit Voice VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. With me today is Hector Granados, and we have been doing a live coaching session with Hector around some challenging situations for him at work. And just to recap, basically Hector is a technical expert, an engineer, quality control engineer, 
When he's involved in doing his technical work, he's going to methodically think through what it is that needs to be done, how it needs to be done, probably talk around some ideas, talk about some ideas with his closest counterpart, who's also technical expert, come up with a game plan on what to do and start executing it. Other ideas that come in then are seen as A, a waste of time, and B, a challenge somewhat to his competence. So Hector gets fairly impatient, I think is a simple word to say this, with these interruptions. And it can be quite challenging back to people who are interrupting him, not very much active listening, trying to show that he's right, and just kind of can't stop the escalation of tension that's now occurring in the conversation. Hector, does that sound like a good summary? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right, now we just reached the point of view that I was trying to get Hector to recognize that if he could be gently curious about whoever was now interrupting him, that they were coming with good intent and that they had a perspective that would be different than his technical solution, and that perspective might be interesting, useful, helpful for the greater story. We were just talking about an example with his boss's boss who had a solution and that he might actually have some um, perspective on a supplier chain management that would be useful in Hector's testing of quality control. All right, so Hector, I want to take this in a slightly different direction in this sense, and it's turning on your phrase about feeling like your competence is challenged. That is a very common human trait. So one of the things that we know uh, from Will Schutz's original work is that as human beings, we have three core basic needs kind of right down in the deep guts. And that is, I want to feel, we all want to feel that we're, we're significant, that we matter, that our opinions count and are heard. Two, we want to feel that we are competent. And three, that we want to feel like we are liked to some degree. Now, some of us care about one of those more than others, and some of us need a lot more of some of those than others. But at the same time, significance, competence, and being liked are three kind of core needs. We find that when people are one or two or three of those are not being met to the degree the individual wants it to be met, then we get some wacky human behavior. And that's where defensiveness tends to come to the surface. People start getting upset and angry, and this is where it does indeed feel personal, even if it wasn't intended as personal. So, Hector, for you, going back about this example about your boss's boss coming with good intent to try to provide a solution, feeling pressure himself, having some information about the supply chain that might be relevant, in that moment when he is standing there giving you an alternative approach, how much do you feel significant, competent, or liked? How much do I feel? Mm-hmm. Are you by, I mean, by asking? Are, yeah, that's right. Are you asking me the questions? Yeah. Uh, more the competence, I guess, is what the, the challenging part is. Right. Okay, so let's stay with the competence, because as I said, it can be one or three, uh, one or all of them, or two of them. So let's stay with the competence. Um in your life, why do you think this issue about being competent is such a powerful one? Uh, I mean, I, the the biggest thing that comes back to me is I've I'm not I'm not a degreed engineer. Everything I've done, I've, I've started from the bottom and moved my way up, um, and I've gained all the knowledge and and done all the background work and um, probably did more work than I would have done if I'd actually gone to college. So mm-hmm. I guess the the, the problem that, that I feel I feel 
the, the whole challenge in, in the confidence thing is because I don't have it, I guess that's part of where I uh, project out that I need, I need to be confident and I need to be right because I'm not uh, degreed, I guess. Right. right. That, 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 makes sense. that makes a ton of sense. I, and I have seen this more times than you can imagine. People holding significant jobs where they don't have the paper qualification, the ultimate certification degree of something that gives them a stamp. And there's a, a fear underneath that you're going to find me out, that I am not as competent as I'd like to believe. And that fear of being incompetent or being seen as not so competent leads to afraid I'm going to be embarrassed or humiliated. And that is the trigger point that gets us to do crazy things. Okay, so rationally, and you know, as anybody's listening to this one, we could all rationally, logically argue that your experience, particularly under quality control testing, over the years as an engineer, probably makes you more qualified than somebody coming out of school with a degree from an engineering school. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay, so logically, we can say, why are you worrying about that, Hector? But at an emotional level, it still sort of plays as a bit of, not so much as a self-doubt, but it can kind of get triggered pretty quickly. Yes. Okay. All right, so let's go back to your boss's boss is standing in front of you. Do you think he genuinely felt you were not competent? Uh, probably not. Well, I, I don't feel that he, he did. I, I perceive it as that, but I don't, I don't yeah. see how he would. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah if I was to sit there and say, where, where are you coming from? That, that, was, that had nothing to do with why he had the, uh, you know, possible solution or possible different way of doing something it's yeah. more I guess more of what I perceived yeah yeah um, my guess is the boss's boss if he thought you were incompetent you would have been fired long ago and we would have been over this story my yeah. guess my <laughs> guess um, again we don't know what he really feels unless he's here representing it for us so we can just make a guess right. but isn't it interesting and this is human this is us as human beings all of us do the same thing that you have this underlying thing and emotionally it plays itself out even though rationally you know that isn't what their story is really about. Right. Okay. All right. So I want you to just think for a little bit about other times in work and let's stay in the company you're working with now in which you have felt somebody was challenging your competence. Can you think of other examples? Oh uh, yes, we had a uh, uh, so we have a, we have a design engineering department that does our that, that controls our engineering drawings, mm-hmm. and I've got a lot of, of background in, in engineering drawings, how to interpret them, standards, and I we were having a problem with some parts, and they're the very very similar parts, but they were dimensioned differently. Mm-hmm. So going to design engineering um, to tell you know to basically tell them, hey, you need to. These drawings need to be corrected so that they're all in the standard format. Uh, but in my mind, I'm already I'm already going into the meeting already feeling that I'm going to have to uh, justify or uh, because um, once again the whole thing of third degree engineers I'm not, um, and it, it kind of leads the same the same thing of 
mm-hmm. the whole competency thing. Mm-hmm. All right. And so how does that conversation go when you go into the design engineers and say, you know, here these drawings need to be corrected, um, but you go yeah, in with you, a feeling of I've got to, you know, come across strong. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's the uh, – um, and, and some of them are, I mean, my, you know, what I perceive of them. Uh, and then there's other things where they've done across the board that have, have – you know, I'm not the only one saying saying things about it, but it's more the thing. If I go in, you know, okay, I'm be calm. I've got here this. I've got this documented here, the the facts per se, and then I'm just basically waiting for them to say no, and then then that's where the you know the whole thing comes of repeating myself, and then having then, then it becomes a thing of okay, well, I, I I'm right, and I know I'm right, and uh, I guess basically the whole thing of yeah, just because you're you know the same thing. Just because you're degreed and you have a higher standing of a position than I do doesn't mean that I'm not right. And yeah. So automatically that leads to the, I'm already going in a, in a negative, uh, so, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to shut down. You know, even, right. if, even if they were going to listen to me, I pretty much kind of already sealed <laughs> that thing. You're a lot more aware than I think you're giving yourself credit for here, Hector. I think this is working out pretty well for you. But you do when you go in expecting to have a fight, you're usually going to have a fight. Right. Um, when you go in expecting somebody to challenge your competence, they're probably going to challenge your competence because you're it's showing in your body. Right. Okay. Typically, so it's not an unusual thing for any one of us to get kind of crosshairs on feeling that our competence has been challenged in ways. Um, I can certainly get tripped on that. I think everybody can get tripped on it on occasion. So the secret is one recognizing, oops, this is an occasion in which I'm going to be on edge about this competence issue. And then two is having a set of behaviors, actions, things to do, tactics in the moment that keep you from acting on that fear. So one of the things that I often teach people around the competence is it's not mine. I've stolen it from some very smart people. But it's basically thinking about the mental game in your head. What are you saying in your head walking to the meeting with the design engineers? As opposed to, you, so you don't want to be walking in saying, I know they're not going to listen to me. I know they don't think I know what I'm talking about because that's going to lead to a conclusion that doesn't work. So what we want to do is to put something in your head, you're saying to yourself, that's going to lead you walking into the room with the design engineers in a constructive, positive state. All right? As an example, they know design engineering. I know this part. So the secret is that it can't be overly aggrandizing for how wonderful I am. That doesn't work. But it has to be what I actually know or can contribute. What's my contribution in this moment? Okay, so Hector, having said that, what do you think you could say to yourself about what you bring that's constructive to the conversation with the design engineers? Uh What I'm going to bring is going to be well. Mine's going to be more of just like I'm very analytical, so I'm going to. I might going to be more of standardization uh, based on the process. What has to be done? Because um, that one is kind of a short and sweet thing, but that was you know basically it. We had That's multiple right. drawings that were that were done like four four different people you know in four different parts of the country did it, 
and it was just more to, to, to get the standardization. Uh-huh. And, and the thing being also, we've had so many, we've we've had problems with them um, with issues before getting them corrected. So like that's the the biggest thing is I'm, I'm already going in there thinking it's going to go bad instead of just instead of just going in there and saying, okay, I'm, this is this is what I can control. I can control what I bring to the table. Um, uh-huh. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. But you know, not 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 already not already. Uh, decide what kind of battle it's going to be, and how the you know how many how many bodies are going to be left is more of the thing of saying, like I say once again, I've got this. These are the facts, um, hmm. and go you know and don't worry about whether I'm going to be challenged or not. It's just going to be more of the right. thing of this is what I'm bringing. Right. So what I like to have people do is imagine that you are walking down the hallway to a meeting room where you're going to sit down with the design engineers. And granted, we've had some history with these folks that hasn't gone very well. What you, the knowledge you uniquely bring to that situation is the knowledge that you understand the standardization and you understand the process. You see the standardization and the process in ways the design engineers do not see. So that's what you bring. Yes. Okay. And I that's enough. salesman too. Yeah, but that's enough. So in your head, walking down the hallway, I would love to have you saying, I'm here to represent standardization. I see the impact on the process. That's a worthwhile point of view. And that's it. That's almost simple, right? Yeah, but it is. It's a the process is not so, so simple because it's a complicated one. There's a lot in play here. But if you can just say that in your mind, sometimes I say to people, say it out loud if there's no one listening to you. So you right. got in your head, you're getting your mental game into I have something to bring here that is of value to the company, and I'm here to represent that point of view. I don't know design drawing. That's fine. I don't need to. That isn't my job. I'm here to represent standardization and improving the process. Okay? So the secret, how this all works together is, number one, you need to understand that competence is the thing that can trip you most often at work, that you're vulnerable to feeling challenged on competence. It doesn't make it right or wrong. That's just a trigger for you. That's number one. Right. And then number two is to start see what situations are you likely to get tripped up on the competence issue. So you have your antenna out a bit. And then number three is a way to change the mental game so it's more constructive rather than wallowing in the there's been a problem and they're going to be a problem again and they don't see me as significant and all that stuff that just leads to a bad outcome. So that's the steps. Okay? Okay. All right. Do those sound doable? Yes. Okay. So then let's go back for one last piece on this one. I said there are three parts. One is to recognize what you already do, that competence is the issue. The second is to recognize the situations in which you are likely to be most susceptible to having competence challenged. So when do you think those are? Well, it seems like it, it seems like it's almost every time. But the <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. When I think about it now, I'm going, well, gee, that that could be this time, that could be this time. Um, yeah, I guess that's the biggest thing because the I, I feel like I put a lot of thought and uh, work into when I come up with a solution. 
that anything is, you know, that's where the, the thing comes with the, I mean, that's my, my biggest trigger is going to be, the trigger is going to be the, the cold competency thing, mm-hmm. which is then going to lead to the thing of, well, yeah, but then it goes to that, well, I've got to be right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, I guess that's why the, the mind's more the, yeah, the, anytime anybody challenges me with, which I put up with what I perceive little or no thought or data, uh, triggered me into the whole thing of right. uh, the competency okay. thing. Okay. All right, so you said something there that I think is really important. You said when you've put a lot of thought into the possible solution, um, when, in effect, you have invested yourself in creating an outcome. Yes. Then those are the times when you're most likely to be vulnerable to being challenged on competence. Because when somebody comes along with a different approach, valid or invalid, it's different. It can feel like, don't you believe I know what I'm doing? And that's going to be your competence trigger. Why are you adding another idea? Don't you trust that I know how to think through this? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so there are a couple of solutions to that one. One is you recognize it, and then you, when you recognize that you're about to hit that one, that's your stop and pause and take a couple of deep breaths and change your mental game and try to listen and all those sort of behaviors. Those are all good things. Um, another tactic you could consider is stop before you've invested yourself so much and check in with a broader range of people. Okay. You may decide that's not appropriate. It may not fit every circumstance. But let me give you an example. Back to the design engineers. Um, When there isn't a problem, so we're not talking about specific, go to them, organize a meeting with them or a couple of them and say, look, you know, regularly there are some issues that I think need to get corrected to have a better standardization, a better process on the design drawings. I realize that is not your top priority, but it is mine. How's the best way to surface those? Or, you know, where do you want the feedback? Or when do you want the feedback? Or how can we make this a smoother process? So I'm soliciting their input before you've invested yourself in the solution. Does that make sense, Hector? Yes. The, uh, and that's part of the thing to where I struggle with the, uh, the whole team concept when I have already, you know, I've already done the, uh, all the, the work and the thought process as an individual, and then you know it's kind of backwards. You, you, that should be done in the team setting, and then and then you know the brainstorming, and then it goes from there. And usually that's what's happened is I've uh, you know just on my own sit there and go through the entire thing. So yes, um, then that's where the whole thing is. Where I've done this now, I've got, now I've got to sit there and deal with you know listen to people, come up with <laughs> ideas that. To me, just don't you know aren't going to work or whatever. So yes, yeah, yeah. so there's we sometimes where I just have to sit there and go because I'm constantly thinking of the only thing I ever think about. You know, I could I could put emotion aside, and sometimes I'll sit there and say I'm not really I'm not being mean. I really don't want to, but I'm not really worried about uh, hurting so much your feelings because I know that you know the the, the problem, you know this is the the solution to the problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. but but then so so I do that because I do that myself to sit there and go because I don't want to waste time. But right. at, the end of, at the end of the day, it, 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 that time gets wasted, or, or that time gets spent anyway. So it's, yeah, it's that's right. more beneficial of me to sit there and go, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll wait. We'll, you know, delay this, 
Maybe it'll be, it won't be till tomorrow. We'll have the meeting. There's more. You know, then all the interaction happens there. Yeah. As opposed to yeah. as opposed to me doing it and then having to feel like I'm being, you know, challenged or whatever. Right. Right. Well, even if you can say, you know, the team meeting is coming up and you need to do some, you're going to do some brainstorming about solutions in the team meeting, rather than work yourself all the way through to the end game, which is where you have invested yourself and then your competence is going to be um, easily challenged, just right. start that. Oh, I think this angle would be a good one to consider. And then don't take it any further. Okay. Be- because that will help you then come to the meeting without the solution that you're now defending. Right, yes. Okay? Okay. Now, yes. you know, every situation is going to work that way. I get it. So it's going to be in the nature of the problem and all that jazz. But if you do come and say, look, I was thinking that we might approach it this way, but you haven't thought it all the way through now, then people can contribute to that and can help you in the moment think through it. Now, you could do it on your own, but it doesn't leave for the team feeling, for people being committed and brought in and understanding and feeling good about working with you. Yeah, because the because uh, even if I am completely one hundred percent right, which at the end of the day, we're just, you know, to, to me, I, I feel that that's important. But sometimes at the end of the day, that's not what the important thing is. But being in the team environment, when those suggestions are put out, and I I do you know do that. To the active listening, um, it can be the both the, the both thing of saying, I can I can I can I can do the pros and the cons for each idea, mm-hmm. and, and and you know same way for mine. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to like I say, that's the, that's the biggest problem is I'll, I'll go in and I'll very badly or I'll go in and I'll you know do the do the everything and and even if. Well, I've had to kind of stop myself. Even if I know that what they're asking isn't going to work, because I've already I've already put that in the process and said, well, if that you know, if two plus two uh, doesn't equal five, I mean, doesn't equal four, and it's going to equal five, then that's not going to work. So that's not even I wouldn't even introduce it because I've already done that. But um, I've got to at least at least be open to it, and, and then you know, this, this is this is why this idea is good. Maybe this is why I believe not that I'm right. You know, this is this is why I believe that. Um, you know, it may or may not work. Yeah. But the big, you know, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm used to doing more things in a in a vacuum. Right. I guess that's, right. that's the problem. Well, some things you need to do in a vacuum because you are the type right, of right. We don't right. want to think on everything. That would be a mistake. But we need some right. occasions where you're participating in the team process as an equal participant, not as the one who's already got the answer, which puts you in a superior position. Right. So I'm going to give you a quote on this one. You know, we've just got a couple of minutes before we're going to close out here. Um, Hodgson and White have a definition of leadership that I am particularly fond of. Everybody has their own definitions, and there's a variety of ranges of these things, but I like their point of view. They say to lead, which is not necessarily formal leading, leading but can be informally, as in with peers, effectively, is three things. One, we want to get the best possible solution. Of course we do. But... Right. With the greatest acceptance, because it's the greater acceptance that lets us execute fast, into three in the least amount of time. It's a trade-off function between the ideal, the acceptance, and the time. And you're balancing those three. And if I, you know, as an expert leader, your tendency is to put all of your emphasis on the number one, and a little bit maybe on number three. 
And what I want you to do is to see all three of them as a pattern in what it's going to take for you to be effective in the organization. Okay. Uh, the ideal answer, greatest acceptance in the least amount of time. All right, Hector, we're almost at closing point here, and we've talked about a lot. Um, we've talked about the curiosity when someone comes and approaches you and getting curious about where their perspective is coming from, what they are thinking, how they're thinking, what they might be able to contribute to your understanding of the problem, not technically, but in a broader view, and that ability to listen and ask a few questions. We've talked about recognizing that while you're focused on time, time is going to get used, period, anyway, so let's leave it. That leaves people feeling better as opposed to leaving feeling people bad. And we've talked about recognizing the competence, that that is going to be a trigger point for you and ways that you can begin to manage it. Um, anything else you want to add to the discussion? No, that's the uh, – I mean, a lot, of, a lot of things seem like they're uh, very easy to sit there and just do. It just – I guess um, after doing, you know, doing, you know your your thought process being a, a certain way for a long time, it, uh, it's not that easy to change. Right? Of course not. Of course not. I won't get it right 100% of the time. All we want you to do is to get changed, or, you know, keep at it, stay with it, and develop right. a new habit. It's basically it. Just a new habit. Right. Okay. All right, Hector, we're out of time, and I'm going to say to everybody who's listening that I will follow up with Hector at a later point to see how progress is going and um, see if we can keep him on track with some new habits. But, Hector, I have to say to you, thank you for being our guest today. Um, very enjoyable. Well, thank you for having me. With pleasure. All right, and tune in next week for another episode. Thank you for joining us for Out of the Comfort Zone. Tune in again for another edition with Dr. Wanda Wallace next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Reach outside your comfort zone this week.